The Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome back to another episode of the Minnesota Rundown presented by 10,000 Takes. I am, of course, journalist Jake, or I can go by JJ because I'm the greatest damn journalist to ever do it until I'm not. Um, We want to welcome you back to another episode again of the Minnesota Rundown. I want to welcome on a very special guest we have joining us today for, I would say, maybe it's a Vikings-themed episode. We're getting closer to football, so it's it's only natural to talk Vikings. So I want to welcome on Jack White. Not to be confused with the Jack White of the White Stripes. I'm sure you have got that before. But no, you are the managing editor and also writer for the Vikings Wire at... They're at the Vikings Wire on Twitter, vikingswire.usatoday.com, right? That's yep, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, good to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. How, do, you, do, you get, do you get confused for being Jack White of the White Stripes a I lot? I do. You know, I can distinctly remember when the White Stripes got popular in the early aughts because yep. you just started to hear it all the time. And right. you know what? I am kind of, I like the White Stripes okay so right. it's like it's not a huge deal for me to, it's, it's not like it's an insult to you yeah it's so, not like i'm like oh the white stripes like it's like it's cool jack it's, white seems like a cool guy it's not like you have the same name as the nickelback singer like chad yeah. kroger or whatever i don't know if you hate nickelback but if i had the chad kroger n- name i'd be like no stop don't even compare me to him so no that's not a bad name to have you know it's it's a, it's a good band it's a good group but you should be known for your viking stuff so not not for your white stripes music or be can be compared to him they should be comparing jack white to the vikings wire writer in yourself so exactly um, that, i'm trying to work hard and strive for being known as the more notable jack white yes that it, it's going to happen in time vikings wire is growing and they, they produce some of the best if uh, you know vikings news in the country groundbreaking shit that's going to be more popular at some point than the white stripe music and that that one song where it goes like dun 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 seven nation seven army, nation army. Yeah. yeah but your stuff will 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 uh, you know overpower that in popularity i should say so mm-hmm. but but again i want to welcome you, welcome welcome you on the the minnesota rundown and definitely kind of want to make this a, a vikings themed show like we were saying before the po- podcast you know you can't it's never too early or never too late or you can talk football all year round. I know that we're we're you know in June, but we're a matter of a couple months away from preseason football, and of course, and people are anticipating another Viking season, another going into another year where we don't have a Super Bowl. So you know, fans are just you know always excited, like okay, what what can what are the you know the pieces they're you know the moves they're making, decisions they're making. Is it enough to, that this could be the year they could win a championship? So we're we're glad to have you on to discuss that. And I, the first that kind of brings me to my first point that I want to discuss is that um, you, you know all these all these are the new the Vikings have been you know improving their defense. Obviously, they need to. They're one of the worst defenses in the league. It was like horrendous to watch. Like it was brutal. Like don't even I, mean, I don't want to sit on it too long because it'll bring up bad memories for people. But are these new signings? Do you think these defensive signings specifically going to make an immediate impact? Like they're going to gel. There's going to be team. I know that they're good players. Like you got, you know, Bashad Breland. They just signed him. Uh, you know, got played at Kansas City. Great cornerback. You know, they got obviously P nine Patrick Peterson. Delvin Tomlinson, a defensive tackle. I know they signed a you know a smaller guy. I think he was an undrafted free agent, uh, Amari Henderson. Uh, Henderson yep. Uh, yep, yep. I know he might not. He was a, a tryout guy. Okay, tryout guy. Okay, but do you, you think any of these guys are going to make like an immediate positive impact for the team come next season? Yeah. So let's start with the guys who like for sure are going to do that. Right. Uh, Patrick Peterson. I think with the money they gave him, they not only expect him to be like a starter out wide, but probably like. He's going to have a resurgent year, and they think he's going to be like a special player on that defense. 
And then you look, as you pointed out, Dalvin Tomlinson, he will slot into the three-tech spot um, right along Michael Pierce. Dalvin Tomlinson's a new signing. Michael Pierce is like a new signing because mm-hmm. he opted out of 2020. Right. Neil Hunter was exactly. all of last year. He's like a new signing too, basically, because he was gone last year. Um, if Daniil Hunter can return to his old self from 2018 and 2019, the Vikings defense could be really, really hard to stop. On paper, they're very complete, other than really that one edge rusher spot opposite Daniil Hunter. That's the one real question mark on this defense. And adding Bashad Breeland, I think, is pretty big. Um, you have a cornerback who can not only start maybe over Dantzler. I mean, he uh, reportedly he expects to compete for a starting position. That doesn't obviously doesn't mean he will mm. um, be a starter, but he can compete with Dantzler. In worst case scenario, your fourth cornerback is Rashad Breeland, and he can come off the bench when you need him to. He can rotate in, and if any cornerback uh, struggles with durability next year, he can come off. Yeah, I mean, this, I'm just going to say, like, it's, uh, it, these guys, like, that were injured alone, like Michael Pierce and Daniel Hunter, and it just, not having those guys. And then Eric Kendricks, I think, or Eric Kendricks is hurt at one point. Yeah, yeah. he got hurt at at one point throughout the season. It was just sad that, uh, you know, it, just even having those two guys back and Pearson Hunter is going to be huge. But then with adding these guys on top of it and then ha- giving those rookies like a Cameron Dantzler, Jeff Gladney is probably a rip after, you know, yeah, the situation. Yeah, status is up in the air. Yeah, whatever. so it, he's probably, you could say he's probably not coming back. But but still, with Cam, a guy like Cam Dantzler and some of these, like, these guys that are probably played way longer than they should have during the season because they're rookies and there's injuries, people opted out. Those guys built up a lot of experience now last year. Mm-hmm. And it, to combine this with guys coming back and these, you know, these defensive signings are getting, maybe it'll be a back to a, you know, a core Mike Zimmer defense. And this is what he wants. Like, I feel like he's like freaking out right now. They're like in a, in a good way. Like, yes, this is where I want to be. Like, you know, this is, this is, this is it. This is, this is the way, this is the way right here. But it, it's always got to, you know, it's got to marry the, the offense, of course. But I think what they're doing is they're, you know, they're definitely on the right track with, with signing this. Cause it was just ridiculous. Uh, you know, seeing those games where, the Vikings, like their first game of the season last year against the Packers, you know, they, they score 34 points, but then they give up 43. Mm-hmm. And then like this, that Saints game later in the le- later in the year, like they had one of their best offensive games. They, I think, you know, Kirk technically actually had one of his better games of his career, putting up like 35 points and we gave up like 55 points. Yeah. Couldn't tackle. It's, it's just that was it Alvin Camaro. They couldn't yeah. stop. Yeah. Just they looked like they they looked like a JV D three football team out there. They like did. they were so small. A lot of it was injuries. A lot of it was bad luck. A lot of it was rookies who were maybe inexperienced at first. And I think you just got to look at this year and be like, okay, Vikings fans, it can't be as bad as it was in twenty twenty. It's it, going to be better. It's just a matter of how much better. Right. And I, I I would be like, I think fans should be patient too, because honestly, I think that. It could it could be a week or two, maybe even more for this the defense to gel and get back to where it was a couple years ago or a few years ago. Because even for guys like Michael Pierce and Daniel Hunter, even if they do come back and do you know training camps and OTAs, mm-hmm. they still haven't seen game action for two years. Yeah. So, and a lot of these guys like Patrick Peterson, Bashad Breland, you know, they're on a new team. You know, they're on a new system. You know, it might take them a couple weeks to gel. So, I mean, they could. I would be surprised if they you know had some little you know kind of minor mistakes or errors that you know that would look that do look bad you know in the in a in a sense but i would 
want to be patient. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't like immediately making an impact in like the first game or two, like how fans would want them to. Mm-hmm. People got to be patient. Totally, and, and I think you kind of luck out where the schedule gets bad towards the end of the year, but it's it's not easy at any point. Like, um, but they play the Bengals for the opener. I think most people don't expect them to win like fourteen no. games or anything. And then no. you go to the Cardinals, who could be a good team, but they're in a tough division. Yeah. Like, you know, and they play the Lions pretty early on. And it's just they'll have some games where they can kind of learn on the fly, I think. Mm. No, I uh I'm definitely excited. I think, you know, as a Vikings fan, I think Vikings fans can be very toxic. Uh, Having you being on Vikings Twitter, I'm very involved with that. Vikings Wire, you built a decent following. I'm sure you guys have received hate for probably just uh, an article. Have you guys received it? Last season, did you receive any crazy hate messages or anything like that last season from any crazy Vikings fans? I'm sure you do it every week. I'm sure it happens every week. I mean, I don't, I mean, with the Facebook comments and the Twitter replies and the DMs and things like that, it can get pretty brutal just for like a take. And it's like, Look, like I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I don't know if he's in the upper echelon right. of elite to take the Vikings incredibly far, but I wouldn't rank him outside the top 12 mm-hmm. of quarterbacks in the NFL. But sometimes, you know, that'll make people really mad. or yeah, It just it, drives them crazy. It can make them mad either way. Like the Kirk haters would get mad and mm-hmm. the Kirk uh, stands can get mad at the same time. So it's it's um, people love this team. They're very passionate mm-hmm. about it, and that makes it fun to cover. But right. um, it can also be a very uh, combative place. It's it's you're not going to satisfy everybody, and I've literally have had people tell me personally that I've 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 had it, since Kirk has come here, or even before he was signed here. You know, debates debates about whether he is the guy or how good he is and stats and garbage time, all this stuff. And I like Kirk. Um, is he a guy? That maybe can take us to a Super Bowl. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I, I do like I do like him personally, and I've I have always have had the pro argument for him when I've been in debates about, with him. But I've literally had people that I get if you don't dislike him, or or, or or I get if you dislike him, or you know you don't think he's the guy. But there are people who are so delusional on both sides. You know, it's just like politics. Yeah. But it, it's it, that's what I compare it to the, this argument. But I've I've met super delusional people that have literally told me. That if Kirk Cousins, even if he they win a Super Bowl and he leads them to a Super Bowl, they still will not like him. I have literally have pe- had people say that to me. I must have trouble believing that. I'm that, gonna be honest. That, I feel like they say that now. See, they say Kirk. see that that's the thing. It, I, I I've I've told them like if the Vikings literally won a Super Bowl, you'd be so happy, you'd be praising Kirk. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he had five throws that game and Delvin Cook, you'd be loving. I I just I think people are just kind of delusional and they not they just don't they think they. They just totally believe and think that he's not going to go to Super Bowl at all. That if even if he does, they still wouldn't like him. But in reality, come on, that's that's just a very dumb comment. Yeah, that's just that's that's off the rails. So, but another thing I want to talk about coming, I'm 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 curious about it, and 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 it's the argument around. I haven't looked into it a whole lot, but who. Like I've, I've t- like I mentioned too, with the defense having to marry with the offense, and everybody has to be consistent. One other thing that hasn't been consistent, quite frankly, since '98, has been the kicking. Yeah. And I'm sure you know know, know more about this than I do. But who the hell is going to be the kicker? I, I know they signed a couple guys, but do, do they don't they have a few guys that are competing for the starting spot, and we really don't have a clear starter yet? Or is yeah. and what's the deal? Um, 
I hate to break it to Vikings fans, but they don't have a clear starter. Oh, and geez. it's gonna be a competition. And it's gonna it's Greg Joseph. He was the guy they signed before okay, that's, the NFL draft. He's like a yeah. veteran. Um and then you got Riley Patterson, who's a rookie signed as an undrafted free agent. And we're that's where's, the competition okay. right now. He's out of Memphis. Memphis, okay. Um he's made some long field goals. He's coming off like an up and down uh senior year. Then Greg Joseph has done fine in his NFL experience, but he doesn't have a lot of it. So okay. It's, it's like two two relative unknowns and I just can see the can see the videos now of one of those guys missing a kick or something and everybody freaking out or we're done and Zimmer publicly saying something but we'll we'll see what happens um maybe they roll with one of those guys maybe they bring in they would have to cut somebody at this point but you never know like maybe they bring in an extra guy if they don't like one of those two but um yeah we'll see how it turns out um this time last year, the Vikings seemed like relatively stable with Dan Bailey mm-hmm. uh, after they um, signed him, of course, re-signed him. And then you got Britton Colquitt, and then you had Austin Cutting. And now the only person left on from that group is uh, Britton Colquitt yeah. on the roster. So right. it's like, you know, they, they went with continuity, and uh, it was really chaotic last year, to say the least. Like, take your pick. Like, what aspect of special teams was good you know none like it was like it was really bad so um yeah it's tough yeah i i i honestly that tried looking into it and i i i totally like spaced on the I, i've been so focused as a as a fan looking at it seeing all the defensive signings and seeing what maybe what they're doing on the offense but i totally forgot about the kicking situation and mm-hmm games literally can be decided on that and they had they were quite we frankly saw, yeah. last year like <laughs> we missed the playoffs the vikings missed the playoffs by a game essentially and they probably could have won a few more like won that one game and if that even more if they had just an average kicker and i think dan bailey i said this last year i don't think he's necessarily a, a terrible kicker i think the mental game got to him in minnesota i think if i was a kicker Coming into Minnesota, even if, if I was on a roll, but I miss one kick and I get a bunch of, I, I would just be in the back of my head. Oh God, they're going. Even though I'm not on my phone looking at the media or looking at people, they're going after me right now. It's the Minnesota curse. They're going to say it's the curse, or I'm a bad kicker because I'm in Minnesota. So it's it's scary. I, I feel bad for the kickers that are coming here because they literally could be have their lives threatened at some point. True. I don't know. <laughs> it's like this. Uh... Fan base, you know, one missed kick, and all of a sudden everybody's going Blair Walsh, right. Gary Anderson. They have flashbacks. They don't like it. And, yep. You know, it's it's probably hard. They run people out of town. Like Daniel Carlson, you look back on that, and they maybe have jumped. They were probably jumped the gun, pulled a little quick on that. But at the same time, like, that was bad. So I totally understand why they did that. But some people have looked at that and like mm-hmm. he's done well in Las Vegas now yeah. with the Raiders. But then again, like I hate people bringing, I, I kind of hate when people bring up, well, Daniel Carson's doing so great down there. Well, dude, he it was a fresh start for him. It was a mental thing. I feel like if he would have stayed here another week or two, he probably would have just missed more kicks again. Right. It's a exactly. total mental thing. Like kicker is such a mental position. And it's like, sometimes maybe you just need to change the scenery. Right. Exactly. You need a fresh start. And honestly, I feel like their best kicker in the last few years I mean, Dan Bailey had. I mean, that 2019 was tw- tw- good. 2019 was very good. And then, mm. and then you look at Kai Forbath. I yeah. feel like he was like he's kind of underrated in this whole conversation of kickers of the last five, ten years. Because I remember that 
before the uh, Minneapolis miracle occurred back in 2018. Yeah, 2018, I was at the game at U.S. Bank Stadium, and uh, I think the the Saints were up by two or one, and Kai Forbath kicked like a 45, 47-yard field goal with like a minute 40 or two minutes remaining, Mm -hmm. and that essentially could have been the game winner if the Vikings defense did stop the New Orleans, but unfortunately they went down the score, but yeah. you know what happens. We yeah. still won. But I remember Kai Forbath. I'm like, I'm sitting there at the game. Like, Oh God, this is where we always mess up. This is a kicker coming out and kicking in the playoffs. We usually miss this right down the middle. I'm like, that is insane. Like the nerves that a kicker has to go through. Like that was with two minutes left. That essentially could have been a game winner. And he hit it. He knocked it right down the middle. And I'm like, Holy shit. I'm like, so when people talk about Dan Bailey and all these kickers, it's like, well, dude, Kai Forbath was, I mean, he kicked a field goal in a huge situation in a playoff game against New Orleans Saints at U.S. Bank Stadium. Mm-hmm. And people seem to kind of forget his name in, in his conversations. And maybe we got rid of him too quick yeah. um, to go after uh, Dan Bailey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, just thinking, I mean, he could have probably been the guy, quite frankly, for, I mean, at least for a few years or a couple years we had Bailey, but... You know, it's just a mess. I feel like it's been a mess since, you know, Ryan Longwell, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, he locked it down. But after that, it's it, just been, you know, hit or miss. It, I, 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 a lot of those yeah. kickers, like Blair Walsh had a really good year, then, like, you know, just in the tank. And it's like, it's it's hard because it's mm-hmm. like Dan Bailey had a really good year. Then even in 2020, he was fine until kind of down the stretch there. And he had, it was just so. It, it just he lost it. It, it looked like he had one bad game, and then it was. I feel like it was totally a mental thing. Yeah, because he was missing short kicks mm-hmm. that he was hitting hundred percent. I mean, he was hitting long kicks actually, and I think it was just one bad game where he had three or four misses, and then you could just totally see him just being flustered, like he was like trying to change something. Yeah, it's just like growing up playing baseball. You, you know, you know, I wasn't the worst, but I wasn't the best player by any means, but like you'd have slumps, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you would, you'd have, you'd have really good, good string, a couple games where you maybe get three or four hits, you know, you go four for five, three for four, and then you have a couple games where you go oh for four. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh, what's wrong. And you start trying to change your technique. And it's like, you should not. And I feel like that's what he was doing. Yeah. It's, it's like, dude, you had a bad game, but go just back to the basics, do what you're doing and figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. you just had to don't try to change it up. And I think that's what was kind of happening with him. Yeah. So, I'm just hoping whoever, you know, steps into that role just has, I don't care so much about the leg, strength of the leg, but strength of their mind Mm -hmm. and dealing with being in Minnesota, being here. And because I think it can get crazy with our fans, especially with kickers, you know, Mm -hmm. it is kind of PTSD. So I'm, I'm, we'll have to see what, what uh, they kind of cook up on the special teams. But Britton Colquitt, uh, he's a, very solid punter though. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I know a lot of people overlook punting, you know, I think a lot of basic yeah. fans or casual fans just don't care about it, but like some hardcore fans like ourselves, I mean, we look at that. That's huge and he's a he's fucking he's badass, I think. He's he's consistent and I'm glad that he's remaining on the roster. Yeah, he was he was kind of up and down last year. Um mm-hmm. he restructured with them this year and I, I think it's his job to lose still against uh, mm-hmm. okay. John Rosenberg and you know, it, it'll be a competition, just like you know, long snapper, just like kick returner, just like punt returner, just like kicker. Every there's not really a lockdown when you think of special teams. If you can believe it, there's not really like a locked in guy for like each right, like really any of the ones when you think of those positions. Mm-hmm. 
No, I think, and it's important that they do that. You know, they don't just say, oh, he's been on the team for a few years. He can be the guy. He yeah. can punt. Well, no, I mean, you got you got to see who your other guys you brought in and see what's going on. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's huge. It's special teams is huge, man. It's, it's obviously cost the Vikings games, so yeah. they need to figure their shit out with that. But uh, when it comes to uh, – I know that moving away from special teams, the offense, they're trying to find their – wide receiver three their third wide receiver their option and i, I totally forgot because you, you i'm just like the kicking situation i'm just focusing on you know offensively i'm focusing on that they have justin jefferson they have adam thielen but then kind of beyond that you're like oh yeah shit who is that third guy that's gonna really kind of come in here so i know they were looking at i have it written down here they're looking at jameson crowder um his name was in the mix um being maybe that potential option but who do you think who do you think would be the best guy the vikings should go after for that position that would Best gel with their offense. I mean, best guy to go after, Jamison Crowder, probably. Mm, right. I mean, he's like, um, you know, he's in a contract dispute kind of with New York. Like, I don't think they could afford him after the Breland signing mm. to just make a trade. That would be kind of tough to figure out. But maybe he's like, you know what, guys, like, you're in the AFC East. Like, that's going to be really hard next year. Like, just cut me and, like, you know, like, I want to go to like a, a team that has a chance at the playoffs and that could be the Vikings. And, right. And from an on-field standpoint, it'd be a great fit. Like he could go into the slot. He's had some problems with health in the past, mm. but you don't really need uh like every you don't need a guy to be extremely consistent from the wide receiver three. You need a guy with a good body of work who can mm. give you a lot. And if you told me like, you know, Crowder is going to play 14 games and then BC Johnson and um, Chad Beebe will fill in from there. Right. And Amir Smith-Marset. Like, I think Vikings fans would take that and that'd be like a really solid wide receiver group, assuming Jefferson and Thielen stay healthy. And if one of those guys goes down, you know, Crowder has experience enough where it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, that said, I don't know if they'll do it. The safest bet is Chad Beebe at wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. I think that's Just, the likeliest scenario. Yeah. BZ Johnson can maybe sneak in there. And then Amir Smith-Marset, Vikings fan, should hope that he's the next Stefan Diggs. He's the next fifth yep, round pick. That's he what I've heard. The One of the best receivers in the NFL eventually. But it's, you know, Diggs is is a rare case. So um, we'll see if that works out. But could be cool. Um, he has big play potential for sure. So Yeah, that... I know that they've been talking about that, but I, yeah, I know Chad Beebe and BC Johnson, they're solid guys, but they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of inconsistent, you know, like they've had some, I, I think BB is definitely more consistent, has made some better catches. He definitely has an Adam Thielen type vibe to him yeah. you know, on the field. I think he's done far better than, than BC Johnson. BC Johnson's been okay, but mm-hmm. you know, Amir, speaking of Amir Smith, Marset, yep. he, uh, I remember watching him at Iowa and, you know, I'm a big gopher fan, obviously. And gosh, just, I would be just almost irate just how good he was against like the gophers. You know, he just, he was like a Stefan Diggs like guy, you know, it seems like he got, has, it doesn't, well, we'll have to find out if he's got like the attitude, the same thing as like Stefan Diggs, but he's got some like great hands and, you know, he can go up and catch the ball and he's just, he's got some speed with him. He is like a Stefan Diggs like kind of guy. And, um, he's he's gonna be a guy to, guy to watch definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think he has a high ceiling, but um, you know, the thing is, they're just probably gonna roll with BB. I think right like, over oh, sure where, with the way the offense is probably constructed, and obviously that's worrisome if um either Jefferson or uh, Thielen gets hurt. But um, you know, 
a lot of teams don't have a stellar wide receiver three. It obviously helps, but um, right, you know. So that's why that's why it's interesting because they probably could just I quote unquote like quote stay in house and go with Chad Beebe instead of trying to sign somebody. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Jamison Crowder definitely adds. You know, he's more more so has more experience in the league. You yeah. know, he'd be a guy that you, you have a veteran more of a veteran presence in that wide receiver three slot to come in and fill in the role if Beebe goes down or something like that. I mean, that would be huge. But yeah, like you said, they just signed Bashad Breland. I mean. I don't know if they have the cap for it. They maybe could squeeze something in, but I mean, it might be for no reason. I mean, hold on to that and sign someone else or for another position or hold on to it, save it, whatever it may be. It might not be worth going after just a third wide receiver when you might have the guy right there, you know, on the team. Yeah. They may have to extend guys this off season, even still like, you know, that could, that money could be used for that. Um, They could maybe sign like a bargain edge rusher. I think, like, which would you have the bigger question mark being like the edge rusher position opposite Daniel Hunter or wide receiver three? I'm personally more worried for them um, with their edge rusher spot because I don't I I think Weatherly is a useful reserve. But I think if you're starting him, you're kind of in trouble. And I think one of um, could be really good. Um, but I also think right. there's some question marks there. Yeah, so it's 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 just kind of up there. I mean, they got a you know a couple months, obviously, and uh, up through the trade deadline, technically, you know. But it's it's you know in October or November or whenever that is. But it's uh it's it's interesting because like Chad Beebe, he's he's coming out turning out to be a very good wide receiver. He's very fun to watch, and yeah, I mean, they probably don't even have to. I, if if I were them, I would just I'd be like Rick, hold your money, man. Just just slow down. You you got you're probably good. You got your guys. Okay. If anything, try to, you know, fill that edge rusher role, you know, like you were mentioning, you know, fill out that defense. You'd be not a role defensively. The offense might be good. The only thing, I mean, have they, I don't know if they made any moves specifically. I guess I'm just blanking because I focused on the defensive side, but I mean, what, what have they, they've made any moves to improve the offensive line at all? I think they really went with offensive line through the draft. They traded. Oh, yeah. That's right. Darisaw, Christian Darisaw, for sure. Yep. Um, They traded for Mason Cole. Who played for the Cardinals? Uh, yep. Who oh, yeah, that's right. Center, and like he can play guard, right? Um, so he's like an interior guy who maybe could start if Wyatt Davis uh, doesn't like adjust to the NFL super quickly. Mm-hmm. Like we'll we'll just see. You know, it's going to be a guard battle, right? Well, it's good that they got. That. I forgot about Mason Cole because like I think Darisaw is going to be a starter, mm-hmm. and he's a, I've seen like his his tape. I've lo- I've looked at his tape. <laughs> But uh, he played at Virginia Tech, right? Yep. He yep. Did. So looked really good. Yeah, he he's a guy that looking at the tape, he was going to probably adapt very well right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wyatt Davis, it's good that they got a Mason Cole to like if if he's not working out, you can put this more of a guy has some experience in there. I just hopefully Mason Cole isn't shit the bed, yeah. you know. So yeah, that's another thing is that the the O line, I feel like they improved gradually throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um. But man, they had their moments where it's like Kirk had like a second to throw, way more than he should had should have had. You know, like rushed like ten times in a game. It's like, come on, guys! Mm-hmm. And then people were like bitching at Kirk, and it's like, well, no, you you can't, you can't, you don't want him to have PTSD out there. You know, every time he goes back to throw the football, because I feel like he just gets scared. Like you can tell with Kirk, even if the O line does improve throughout the game, but they start off just like horse shit. Kirk goes back to th- pass like he's just anxious because yeah. he was just he's like a beaten puppy. It's like 
yeah, like he should like recuperate from that. Maybe he should have a little more, you know, po- you know, be a little more poised. But you can't. You gotta have a consistent O line throughout the game, and you can't be, you know, giving up, you know, you know, over ten rushes or or hurries on the quarterback, and it's just not good. I don't think it's good mentally for for your own quarterback. So it's just it's was so annoying to watch. Yeah, and they'll probably upgrade at one of the guard spots. I think they're going to put Ezra Cleveland at uh, left guard, if I had to guess, and like maybe he can take a leap. And then I think whoever, whichever player they put at right guard, will probably be an upgrade over right. um, Dakota Dozier, who played left guard last right. year, but they're moving Cleveland. Perfect. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll probably be it'll probably be a little better there. But I mean, Riley Reef had a pretty good year last yeah, year. Yeah, so no, it's he not a good. given that um, Christian Derisaw will just come in and be better than Reef, but they kind of need him to be at least solid in his rookie year. And then I'm uh, blanking on our center. Uh, Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, Garrett Bradbury. And mm-hmm. he's been he's been pretty solid. He's, he's good. He's good in the run game. Yeah. Um, but the the case with the Vikings offensive line is just interior pass rush. They, yeah. They give up a lot of a lot of pressure, yep. a lot of sacks. Like and, too quickly. And I think it's like going back to what you said, I think it's natural for a player like Kirk to if you got that like alarm clock going off in your head and it's like four or five seconds and all of a sudden you're getting hit before that on a consistent mm-hmm. basis, like you're probably gonna yeah. You're probably going to start to react to that, and it's probably going to affect your game. A exactly. Bit. Like, I think that's just like, just not because he's quote unquote bad. It's just like a human instinct that you're going to go back just scared. Like, mm-hmm. you got to, you know, maybe you can calm down a little more, but you got to, it starts from the O line and, and just needs to give your quarter. You need every quarterback needs time to throw. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you, you can't, like, you can't be a Super Bowl winning team without a, uh, at least an average to above average O line, I think. And I, I, you can have a Patrick Mahomes, and this goes back to our argument where I've had with people. It's like, I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he can scramble more than Kirk. He's a faster quarterback than Kirk for sure. But, I mean, when they won the Super Bowl that year, their own line was stellar. Like, it's – they those coaches don't go into their – you know, into the season, like, oh, our O-line's kind of shitty, but he'll scramble. It's like when they want a pass play, a design pass play – they are expecting their quarterback to get five seconds at least to throw yeah. the ball. I don't care. They don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes. They they use that as a perk where if they do break through the O line, then oh gosh, now we can use his legs to try to scramble out of it and create something. But ideally, on a perfect play, they want their O line to hold it up to give their quarterback time to throw the football because they're not they're they're. I mean, statistically speaking, they're going to throw the ball more accurately if they have more time and they're calmer in the pocket. I don't care if they're a, a you know, a, you know, a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. If it's a design pass play, they want to give them time to throw the football. They don't want them scrambling. They don't throw better statistically by scrambling. They can make good plays and maybe extend some plays, but more than likely, it's going to result them trying to run it for a couple yards rather than throwing it downfield where they'd want to for twenty yards. You know what I mean? So it just that argument makes absolutely no sense to me when people bring that up yeah i think truly great quarterbacks can sometimes work around it but it right for sure skill set and it's it's also like it's it's not a given that you'll find one of those guys you right know? it's like kirk cousins they're locked into him right now contractually speaking mm-hmm. so they gotta they gotta um kind of cater to his skill set to try right. to win games and hope that you know you get lucky once you get to the playoffs and i think if derisaw and davis can both come in and do really well, and you're not allocating a lot of money to either because they're on rookie contracts, like that would help the Vikings so much. Right. 
for sure. I think, yeah, it would be a, a perk if Kirk was a scrambler, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think that would necessarily, you know, propel this team to a Super Bowl where they're at defensive, like last year, like defensively for sure. No, mm-hmm. O line. I mean, you can't you can't extend every single play. I mean, they're not a hundred percent. You got to still give your t- quarterback time to throw, regardless. Especially with Kirk Cousins, like you gotta. He's a pocket passer. You know, he's yeah. like he's not a. You know, he's. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not comparing them to Aaron Rodgers in terms of skill level. I'm just saying, but he's a pocket passer like Aaron Rodgers. You you create an O line. They've built up great O lines out out there. When Andrew Luck was playing with Indianapolis, I think in his last season, and they went to the playoffs, they had one of the best O lines in the in the country. And mm-hmm. and because he's a pocket passer, he's not a scrambler. You give him time to throw, he's going to throw it really well. So, and I think even Kirk actually opened opened up a little bit and actually kind of silenced some critics last year because I thought he actually scrambled out of some situations. You would not have seen him scramble out of prior years. I was gonna say protected the ball. Like, I felt like he worked on that and right it was better, but it was still just you know it's still, still like under under pressure so often. Right, exactly. But it's like if he if he can do what he did last year a little bit, improve on that in terms of his scrambling ability, holding on to the ball, protecting the ball, not fumbling it, mm-hmm. and holding on to it, throwing it away like he did really well last year. But if that, he was just pressured way too often, far too often. If he does that with a better O line, I think you know it's. He can be a really dangerous quarterback, and yeah. that's just how it is. I think some people are throwing up listening to that right now, but it's like it's true. Just just give him time to throw the damn ball, and 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 trust him a little bit with his legs. He did it a little bit. He scrambled in for I think a, a tutty last year and mm-hmm. protected the ball really well. So you gotta just put a little trust in him, you know. So see what happens. So, but speaking of Kirk Cousins, the last point I want to bring up on this on this episode is. Um, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back to the NFC North, is Kirk Cousins the best quarterback in the NFC North? I think not having a damn man bun, you know, even if Aaron Rodgers does show up, I think that should just put Kirk above Aaron Rodgers anyway, because that man bun just looked horrible. So Yeah, the, the singing and dancing they're doing on uh Instagram and, and stuff. Yeah, and like Hawaii or whatever they're at. That was um, that was weird. But yeah, I I think a lot of this division is going to come down to how quickly Justin Fields develops. Like, yep. That could be really worrisome for the Vikings. That's why I asked that because he may people could be like, oh yeah, maybe it's Kirk, but no, you got to think of some of the other guys. I mean, Jared Goff yeah. could just go off. I don't yeah. think I mean, you don't know, but That's it depends. The one guy, where I'm like, okay, it's not. It's probably not going to be him. Right. We'll see, but like, it's but probably yeah. probably not. But um, yeah, the Justin Fields thing. It's like if you're a Vikings fan, you kind of hope that they go with Andy Dalton. And it works out so poorly mm-hmm. that they switch to Justin Fields. But he's not ready. And he's not, he's like, okay. And like, I, I think that's like what you really have to hope for. Because if they're going with Justin Fields right away, they believe in Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can necessarily rank him ahead of Kirk with no NFL experience. Right. I mean, a lot of people had him as the number two quarterback in the draft. And, mm-hmm. you know, they traded up and they got him. So they believe in him clearly. And like, you know. It could that is a move that could really work out because they have Allen Robinson and good defense. Yeah, I that's why I kind of like asked that because it's like, well, it's not going to be Goff, but it's like you look at Justin Fields and I they're they're going to be like probably more more the Kirk haters mm-hmm. um, that would be like, oh, Justin Fields in a heartbeat, he's the best, he'll be the best quarterback, or even some Andy Dalton. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> although I, although I will say like, don't sleep on Andy Dalton. I think he he still could get maybe a decent year out of him. But the Vikings defense slept on Andy Dalton. Look what happened last time. Exactly <laughs> in, in, in Dallas. Yeah. So it's like obviously the Vikings defense. Well, it should be improved by then, but 
It is. You know, if Rodgers doesn't come back, uh, you know, it's going to be because Rodgers is the clear guy of the best quarterback in the division, at least at least from up to this point. He could come back and just be really declining. And you have seen it a little bit. Um, but I was going to say, a lot of people were like the Jordan Love move was absurd and it, it's kind of absurd because the process of it may have angered Aaron Rodgers, but like he had a great year um, this past season, but the year before that he looked like he might've been in decline and he's really getting bad. up there in years. Like I yep. think he's 37 now. Right. So it's like, you know, it's, they were just trying to bridge their quarterbacks and, you know, I, it appears as if that move really did not work out. Well, they, then they just, then they signed Blake Bortles. Yeah. Yeah. Blake Gosh. Bortles is the best quarterback in the NFC. Yeah, let, let you, Sorry, I forgot about him. We're 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 uh we're call, declaring that now here on this <laughs> podcast. Ten thousand takes is sponsoring or sponsoring the take officially. Blake Bortles will be the best quarterback in the NFC North if Aaron Rodgers doesn't return. So yeah, we totally forgot about Blake Bortles, but we'll we'll see what happens if if Rodgers actually doesn't come back. Do you think they're gonna they're gonna probably start Bortles? Portals or love, I don't know. Uh, it's got to be one of the two, but I'm like the best. I yeah, they, I mean, who knows? I I think it won't be. I think they're not going to be a two win team, but I no. you know they're going to drop off, and they're they're not going to be the favorites for the division anymore. That's yeah. for sure. It's going to be crazy if if Rogers doesn't come back because they literally have had a reign for. Um, I shouldn't say reign because over the course of thirty years. They've had essentially two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and they've only won two Super Bowls. But I mean, if I was a Packer fan, I can see from their point of view, like that doesn't totally determine hundred percent that your team wasn't dominant over those three years. They were, I should say, almost year in and year out competing for the division. They never were going into a season with when they had Farver Rogers. They were never really going into any of those seasons like, oh, they're going to drop off this year, or they're just not going to have a good year. They're always predicted like, oh, they're going to be up there, probably going to make the playoffs. You know, fortunately, they only won two Super Bowls, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But regardless, if Rodgers didn't come back, that reign of having those Hall of Fame quarterbacks continues it, with Blake Bortles. It continues with Blake <laughs> Bortles. I should not say it ends. It continues with Blake Bortles. So that's just that's just all crazy to me. Do you, do you, what 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 do you uh, stand on the Rodgers situation? Do you think he comes back to the Packers? Do you think he goes somewhere else, or do you think he retires and just yeah. goes out and sings songs in Hawaii? If if I or host Jeopardy, yeah, there you go. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would say um, he probably comes back. Yeah, and the Packers are probably the favorites, and I don't see a version of Aaron Rodgers where he's like lackluster out there. Like I I think he comes back and he he proves that once again he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If I had to guess, but. I mean, obviously, Vikings fans are rooting for any other scenario besides that. Trade him to the AFC or, mm-hmm. you know, host Jeopardy. They'd love him as a Jeopardy host. Packers fans would yeah. be a little upset. but They, they would probably be like little, uh, you know, have a little grudge against him. But in the end, they'll just be tuning into Jeopardy a lot more often than they, they would. But maybe they can. It's a it's a joke here, but maybe they can learn a thing or two about history, geography, and maybe get a little more intelligent because it'll make them actually tune into something of, of – uh, you know, educational. Uh, that'll piss off some Packer fans, but it's a joke. Okay, it's a joke. But no, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with that whole Rogers situation. And I think I I I just think he's just kind of playing games with people, mm-hmm. and he wants a break. He doesn't want to show to OTAs. I think he's just like, yeah, well, fuck it. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm not doing OTAs. I'm going to kind of play this game here, and then I'll come back. I think that's what he's doing. I, I think at least. I think the retirement option 
I don't see that happening. I, I think he wants to play football for at least a few more years. I mean, he's 37. I mean, you at least get two or three more years out of him. So coming off an MVP year and like yeah. if you're the Packers, like you may you, you rather get something for him. Like you right. could probably get despite his age, like you could probably get a lot for him. Yeah, and yeah, they made the NFC Championship game last year and lost to the Tampa, you know, Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just be done completely. But I think as a Viking fan, I want him to come back. I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to do something that's more advantageous to quote unquote make us win more games. I want to prove, you know, to, as a myself. Okay, I would still like that. Let's get be honest. But I mean, I want Aaron Rodgers to be there because I want to beat the Packers. I would like to beat them up for Aaron, not only just beat the Packers, but beat out Aaron Rodgers to win the division. Kirk do it by beating Aaron Rodgers and. You know, and it's funny too because the last time the Vikings did play the Packers, they kind of kicked their ass, and it was more on Delvin Cook, but still they and the win they killed them. Super windy and cold, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it seems like there's a lot of good Packers. I know it's a cliche to like you know throw out the records or whatever mm-hmm. in like a division rivalry, but it does kind of seem like that's the case where it's like these games are pretty competitive, you know. So it's like. You know, Rodgers will be a test for the revamped defense, assuming he's still in the Packers. It, um, you know, it'll be it'll be a good game. I'm assuming good good couple games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what happens and all that, um, and see, you know, either way, if Rodgers comes back, see how he is. But then, if he doesn't, see if it's Bortles or Jordan Love, mm-hmm. and then, but knowing their their luck as a franchise, they'll come out. Blake Bortles will just have a crazier like he did at Jacksonville that one year, if not better. And just go off on a on a tear. So, who knows? Uh, that that's just interesting. I mean, we're in June now, and I know there's still a couple months away. But it's like, geez, I mean, training camp starts what mid July. I mean, just probably four or five weeks from now. So, I mean, it's decision time for them. So, it's it's just getting closer. Time's ticking, but. Yeah, because I'd rather him to just get back to football, so I don't have to see those videos of him singing and being in a man bun. Like that's just disturbing. I mean, I could just scroll by, but I, unfortunately, I'm always on the internet, so it's I'm not it's hard to avoid. But yeah, I think uh, that's a good wrapping point there. I want to thank Jack White again for for coming on the show. Of course, the managing editor, writer at the Vikings Wire. You can find him at the Vikings Wire on Twitter. Also, you can go and read all their articles at uh, vikingswire.usatoday.com. Find all their stuff on there. You can also follow yourself at JackWhiteMN on Twitter, right? Yeah, correct? that's correct. And you're not, the, again, people, he's not the singer of uh, The White Stripes, um, but he is going to be more popular than Jack White of The White Stripes at some point. Be so patient. We just got to be patient. But, Jack, again, I want to thank you for, for coming on again. I really appreciate you. Talking, talking Vikings with us. And we know we're just a couple months away from preseason, so I'm happy to bring you on. Yeah, but Jake, uh, thanks for having me. Um, always great. Love what you guys do over at 10K. So uh, yeah, thanks again. Hell yeah! And 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 a side note, it uh, we were in a class together at the U of M. But it just kind of like clicked when you came, when you came in the studio. But yeah, we were in a class together in a sports writing class at the U of M back in spring of 2018. Both graduated from 2018 from from the U. So go Gophers! That is, I mean, that that could be a whole other conversation, but, you know, go for football. Does college football does start in September 2nd against Ohio State? Gophers do. So, of course, we're all excited for that. That should be college football. I love college football. But, yeah, overall, we're, we're, we're getting closer to football here. So, 
it's it's you know it's it's the only it's one of the big things we have to kind of talk about right now too because the twins just the wild are done and the twins are kind of just lollygagging around and not a lot of life there even though there's still time left but people have been saying that for two months but not a lot to talk about but again guys want to thank you for for tuning in to another episode of the minnesota rundown of course if you want to follow all of 10,000 takes you know we're on instagram facebook twitter and tiktok just look up at 10k takes you can also read all of our blogs at 10ktakesmn.com we also have a shop on there with some merch left and yeah guys thanks for listening to another episode i am of course jj journalist jake have a good week everybody